Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. Oh, that was like right on. It, it was really good. I yeah, like that. I, feel, I feel like you know. Uh, so when Caleb and I do the class, you know, Caleb's off in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and when we record, uh, I think he is still shuttling back from Jupiter or wherever um, oh. at the moment. But uh, but basically, you know, and when we record, it's like clap, clap, yeah, <laughs> because there's just because it's the further the distance, the longer the delay. Uh, but we're only like you know, fifteen minutes away from each other, like physically. Sure. So. If it wasn't for this damn COVID, we probably would be doing just, this in person. Yeah, it would just be easier. <laughs> but you know, this is uh, a safe thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you guys listening, uh, you're noticing yet again uh, Casey Ryan's voice. And as we've mentioned, uh, if you listened last week, this is Casey Ryan. Hi. Hello. Hi, Casey. Uh, I would like now to be referred to as Thanos. I've almost. <laughs> Got all of the uh, Night Shift Radio podcasts on my Infinity Gauntlet. You've, you've done good. Yeah, I think uh, Caleb, I think, is still the only one who has been a guest on every single show except for two that were uh, that were running. So uh, he was not a guest on Latchkey Kids. Right. And he was not a guest on uh, Shift-Alt-Q, although, you know, we were involved in all of those. Sure. Um, but Caleb has been on uh, any all current running uh, Night Shift Radio podcasts, all seven of us, all seven of them. He has been on every single one of them. So what you're telling me is that I have to destroy Caleb. That's He's, he's the only thing holding you back. There can only be one. <laughs> There can only be one. He's, he's that, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so uh, Caleb is still off-world. He's mm-hmm. traveling. Uh, as far as we know, we, he will be back next week uh, to wrap it up with a crazy wild one. And I think we'll have a guest, uh, a guest on that one, not a guest host. Mm. Um, but uh, that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of a Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight, And I am your guest host, Casey. Caleb, when you get back, you won't know when, but you'll know why. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're continuing on. So Casey, this is uh, this is now the third movie you've ever done with Never Heard of It. The oh, second is Gastos. Yeah. So you've kind of gotten like a you've kind of run the gamut of the three type of movies that we get. <sighs> One is Batshit Insane, which I would say Spaghetti Man falls into that category. Yes. Um, one is like hidden indie gem, which last week's Apocalypse Go Go uh, uh, covers, mm-hmm. and then there's like a 
who funded this? And that would be today's film, Best Friends Forever. They filmed a really promising first draft. Yeah. This could have taken another... I I didn't hate this, but at at some points I was like, boy, we're just going to ignore that this makes no sense that they got here. Got it. Okay. Hey, so have you seen Naked Gun 33 and a third? (laughs) Sure have. So this movie reminds me of during the Oscar scene when they're describing the random movies and they're like, best friends uh, come to an amalgamation as they you know, discover secrets and learn to be better about themselves, set against the background of a nuclear disaster. Because <laughs> like the nuclear disaster like literally does not matter for most of the movie. And even the countdown, the like X number of hours till, till disaster goes fucking nowhere. <laughs> It, so the disaster, I believe, you know, spoiler for when we're in there, felt like it was them falling apart as friends. I was like, okay, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> that it's called right. that when two female, like now the two stars also wrote it. So as right. two male identifying uh, podcasters, who are we to say you can't do that? But it also felt... I don't know. It felt kind of derivative. Like it did. This is, you know, LA is gone, but we're not friends anymore. So that's the true disaster. And that's that's really the the problem. I yeah. And I like that the the writer did twelve hour shift. I saw, which I don't yeah. know if you have you did, seen. Did she write it or was she just in it? Because I know she's an actress for a lot of things and only a writer for a very small thing. And this um, is one where she wrote but was not in at all. I looked at least I couldn't okay. see her in the cast list, but. I liked 12-Hour Shift. I thought it was quirky and weird, and I looked at that about 20 minutes into the movie. I'm like, okay, who are these people? Let me look this up real quick during yeah. one of the commercial breaks. I was like, oh, 12-Hour... Oh, now I get the tone of this movie. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the the IMDb description for this film... Um, is a uh, Harriet, a comic book artist with a secret, and uh-huh. her reckless BFF, Reba, take their 76 AMC Pacer on the open road and instead get a wild ride towards an impending nuclear apocalypse. So Oof. there's a couple of things about this IMDb <clears throat> synopsis. Is One, no, that's really not like... Yeah, but that's really not what this movie's about. No. Uh, it it kind of paints it as like, they even like reference it, but they kind of make it feel like it feels like it's gunning towards a Thelma and Louise type, like, mm-hmm. you know, fuck the world, we're best friends, we're going to do the thing. But then it like comes off as this like mundane, like road buddy road trip movie, like a, a drama, like a comedy drama I mean, it's not even a. I I don't think there's. This isn't a comedy at, at all. It's listed. Somebody wrote it as a clever dark comedy, but like, no, I don't consider this a comedy at all. It's a drama. It's a drama so, with some witty moments. Not funny, witty. Like, sure, but I mean, like, <laughs> just because you tell a joke or two Does doesn't not make necess- you a comedy. No. <laughs> doesn't make you a comedy. I mean, if that's the case, then like, Fight Club's a comedy. You know, like, well, <laughs> Seven's a comedy. <laughs> you know, I like, can get behind one of those. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. Like it, it just—it's not—it's not in that—it's not in that category for me. Um, yeah. So this film stars uh, uh, Leslie Chap. Nope. Um, this film stars uh, Bria Grant mm-hmm. and uh, oh, I can't even find the other. Oh yeah, Vera uh, oh. Meow. Vera Meow. Meow. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So uh, this film, man, this film, this film, so the films, <laughs> we're both, we're it, both like, oh. <laughs> uh, I, th- I mean, this is, this is the gamble though of this type of things. Like you look at the movie and you're like, this could be cool. Like it, I, I expected this very like dark, you know, introspective, like, you know, we're on a road trip, but there's also a nuclear, you know, I expected Indigo or Apocalypse a go-go. I expected right. this, like, what do you do at the end of the world? You know, you're with your best friend, you're on a road trip, like mm-hmm. you, you do what you can to kind of like make the most of it for what limited time you have left, you know, impending doom. Sure. But it's not even that. The like it it's this weird film where like everything trivial becomes super important and nothing that is important is talked about at all. Even in the end of the film, they're like, oh no. And they're like, but anyways, you've lied to me. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, which in a nuclear apocalypse should go the opposite way. All the trivial shit should, or all the important, the the stuff that just seemed important, like, you know, you lied to me, you did this, should all become unimportant. It should be, oh, it's just us against the world, clearly. Literally. And this movie, like... It wants to be a dark comedy, but isn't. It wants to be like that opening scene of her going away party felt very mumblecore movie. And so I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know what movie we're in. But then it shifted once they got on the road. It became a different feel. And I was like, oh, maybe I don't know what this movie is. I just, (laughs) I was scratching my head through most of this movie. I don't think this movie even knew what it what it was because there's a lot of like there's a lot of weird commentary like in the film as well like there there's definitely you know hints of like xenophobia in the film that like could have like that could have been a thing but like it was also very misplaced like it just like the fact that it was brought up multiple times I was like what this is like not only is this the point of the film we're making like I don't understand not only that but it also feels like. It wasn't covering any new ground. Oh, so you're telling me the people that attacked us were now going to be incredibly racist and xenophobic towards. Hello, I'm old enough to remember 9-11. Like, of of course, that's what we do as America because we kind of suck. But there was not – it didn't cover any new ground with the things that it was trying to to do or say. So, yes, we have a tendency to – rely a little too much on a little black book that's been translated 14 times before we're actually reading it and stuff gets taken out of context. Like when he, when, um, Oh shit. What's his name from, uh, from Firefly. Oh, um, <sighs> uh, I can't yeah, think of the character's name on here. He's farther. He's way down. I saw him on there. Cause I'm looking at him going, I know this guy cause of the makeup they had on him. But yeah. when he showed up, I was like, Ooh, now we're getting, Oh, he's gone. <laughs> You're like, and oh, never mind. Just wait, kidding. Wait, the most interesting character in this movie just left. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so right off the bat, the movie starts off with a going away party uh, for um, Harriet, right? Uh, played by Breer Grant, who is the director and uh, one of the credited writers uh, of this film. Uh, the other creditor, the other credit is Vera, right? Um, who is uh, who plays Reba. So, as you mentioned, the the two best friends in the movie, they basically wrote a movie for themselves and then <laughs> sure directed did. it. Yeah, yeah, that's what it feels I like. Mean, whatever, dude. Like, you know. 
do what you want to I mean, do, but how many times, how many directors do we love that do that all the time? You sure. know, like, I mean, Judd Apatow doesn't necessarily direct movies and put himself in it, but like, it's all the same people in all of his movies. It's all his friends. Yeah. But I'm okay with it most of the time, you know, most of the time, <laughs> I, most of the time I'm okay with it. And I'm fine. I mean, you know, Martin Scorsese, the last like five films he did, he's like, you have to believe Leonardo DiCaprio is whatever the, the thing I am uh, currently about today. My dog just went bonkers. I she's heard fine. it. Yeah. <laughs> she's fine. She does that every so often. Uh, my neighbors are very loud. Um, yeah. But uh, apartment life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so like, it's fine, you know, but when you go from a movie like we did last week mm. with, you know, um, uh, Savannah uh, Gizelton who wrote, directed, and was in the movie, and it still was a good movie. <laughs> But then we see two other examples, Attach Paranormal and this, and it's like, maybe you shouldn't have directed this. Yeah. Like, maybe you wrote it, maybe you write it, pass it off, you know, to, for someone else to direct it, or maybe you only direct it and have somebody else act in it. But, like, clearly, it's clear to me that, and after watching this movie, that, that Bria was not strong enough of a director to also star in the movie because it's just... It's just all over the place. She yeah, and right in it too. Yeah, she's like, and I I was gonna say she's like Anna Kendrick, but Anna Kendrick was in an apocalypse movie. Which have you guys done that? Uh, no. Uh, what was um, apocalypse? Uh, uh, yeah, It's Lollapalooza, but with yeah, apocalypse apocalypse palooza or something like that. Yeah, Pazamaquati. Yeah, um, <laughs> Chicago. But, uh, yeah. but in that, like, Anna knew what what switch to flip to make it a different, not the indie darling that she's so good at doing. But right, that's the way. She, like, like when she gets shot, it literally goes from "I'm quirky and fun" to "I got dying," and then back to "I'm quirky and fun." It's like <laughs> right. Like, Wait, what? That was a yeah. yo-yo. What just happened? Yeah, that was. I mean, I get what they were going for with it, like the making you think she's dead, and then it's like <sighs> surprise, and it's like. Ah. And unfortunately, it went on a little too long. Like at first, it was it like, did. "Oh, she's dead." No, this is going on too long. She's not dead. <laughs> she's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so the film starts off with uh, this party, um, which yeah. uh, this unfortunately this party is definitely another fail of of directing aspect in this is because the music that they have from the credits carries on and spills over to the beginning of uh, into this party, but the problem is the music is not party music, and the people are dancing in real time. And it becomes very apparent that the people dancing aren't actually dancing to any sort of specific rhythm because everybody is dancing differently and bumping into each other. Like, it just looked like the most awkward, uncomfortable, crowded party. Oh. And I was like, everybody is dancing at a different rhythm, dancing differently than they would to, like, a very specific song. And the song you have playing is not exactly a dance song. <laughs> And it doesn't fit, it doesn't even fit rhythm-wise. Like, it just looked so, I it just as soon as the film started, I was like, oh, this is so awkward feeling. I feel so awkward right now. I think also that awkwardness is exacerbated because there's like 12 people at this bar. It's not like 
a hundred people trying to fit into this house. It's like, like you should all have space to move around and not bump into each other while awkwardly shuffling around. Yeah. And they were like on top of each other in this living room. It was just really weird. Mm -hmm. And, And we see the main character, Harriet kind of like walking around the party and we see that she's kind of, you know, like having fun, but also you can tell that she has a secret as the synopsis says, which we'll get to, but it's like, I, I don't really, I still don't really understand the point of, I'm not, they, in- they like left off <laughs> something that I felt like should have been a bigger part of the plot and motivation. I'm not really sure if I understand the secret, but I'll wait till we get there. And I'll try and explain it and see if I got it right. <laughs> so, so you tell me, and I'll, I'll and tell then you. Go, if, no, if you're if very right. wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, maybe. Um, I, I don't even think we'll know. But <laughs> so, as the party commences, we we see clearly see Harriet and Reba as being kind of the focus of the party. Um, you know, it's clear that Harriet is the main character, mm-hmm. and it's clear that um, uh, that Reba is going to be a focus. You know what it kind of reminded me of, and I don't I don't know if this was intentional or if it just sort of worked out that way. You know, in old cartoons, um, when like you know, Roadrunner and like Wiley Coyote are like running around and you know that Wiley Coyote is going to bust into a section of like a wall because the wall, that part of the wall was like colored differently. Like it was brighter <laughs> yes. and you're like, Oh, yep. That's where they're going to hit. You know, yep. that's how these two characters felt to me in this party is like, you're seeing all the people around, but like they felt so like placed after the fact that I was like, they stand out so much in this party. Like it's very obvious. These are the main characters. Right. Yeah. Very clearly. And that's a perfect analogy for it. It's, it's always the movement of animation and they feel like yeah. they were painted in by a different animator. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, like the background work, you know, the back, the person they paid $12 an hour to do background and gig. <laughs> was done and then they passed it to the person that makes like, you know, $850 an hour to actually draw in the actual <laughs> characters. And like that's the fun of a party scene in a movie for me. Sometimes is going, okay, who are we supposed to be paying attention to? Yeah. And there was no mystery. It's that person over there and it's that person over there. Got it. Yeah. And, and now it, it was, I didn't it, care about anyone else in the scene and I feel bad yeah, for all those and, background mean, actors. Well, you know, they're all going to die anyways uh, oh. in the movie, in the movie, in the movie. Sorry, in the movie. I mean, yeah, I mean, also, but, but yes. I mean, in the movie. <laughs> we're, we're all mortal, yes. <laughs> we get an email. Dear sir, I was a background actor in that. I actually am a vampire, and I'm very offended by the <laughs> insinuation. Oh, no, a Dracula. We must kill it. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so the party is commencing, and, you know, Harriet uh, uh, goes off and has a moment. Uh, and Reba goes off and also has a moment, wink, wink. hey Yeah. Which, uh, here's the other thing. Look, uh, this film was written by women. Um, you know, obviously it passes the Bechdel test uh, almost, uh, almost exclusively, I would say. Mm-hmm. But both of these characters felt so empty and stereotypical to me. Because I was like, oh, I get it. She's the drunken, promiscuous party girl. Like, boring like come on like gives give a give your own character depth and she can be the 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 party girl but give us a like they hinted at it with the super strict mom that was weirdly at this going away party for no reason um i i would have rather that the mom have been a character we heard about and not saw yes agreed it was just like 
when she's grinding up on the guy that I think is the guy that she ends up sleeping with, the uh, what's her face, not the mom. Yeah, <laughs> I say yeah. segue, and it sounded like <laughs> when the mom was grinding on that young gentleman. You're like, wait, why? Why didn't we talk about the mom more? <laughs> yeah, no, and, yeah. And the mom chides her, and she's like, oh, sorry. I would have rather gone the other way. Like, mom, it's going away. Party, just deal with it. And then you see that that tension. Like, my mom right. wants me to be this straight laced person, but I. I want to be a free spirit, which is fine, you know. Do what you're going to do in life. It just, right. I don't know, so many, so cliched. It was, yeah, and and it like, and like yeah. if it hadn't been written by, partially by an Asian American, I would be like, racist. Like, well, oh. so here's the other thing that I thought was interesting. She wrote this character as Chinese, but she's Vietnamese. That's what her bio says. Right, she's from Guam. So yeah, yeah. she. she oh. Well, I mean, isn't uh, no? What's what's the one that America owns? It's not Guam, but we it also begins with a G. We don't own it, but it's it's but it's, it's a, a it's a province or not yeah, province. Yeah. Hey, a- any international listeners? We're Americans. We don't know our own yeah, shit. We don't know shit about, <laughs> I don't know shit about fuck, uh, as Caleb always says. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Bria Grant is our age. Uh, she was mm-hmm. born uh, exactly one month uh, from me Ooh. and a week before Kayla. She's four weeks from me, three weeks before Kayla, but she is uh, October 16th, 81. I'm the oldest. <laughs> you're the oldest, yeah, because you're April. Yep. Yeah. It's yep. uh, 41's coming up pretty soon. Yep. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's this year, isn't it? Why does that oh, feel boy. weirder than 40? Yeah, I, well, because it's like at the end of ten, you know, you're like, oh, I'm ten, but then when it's like I'm eleven, like you're tip, you've tipped the scale, you know, like twenty to twenty one, like twenty. Well, obviously, twenty one's a big one because yeah. of like drinking and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's like that one extra, you know. Uh, very interesting. Anyways, uh, yeah. So, so the party is happening. You know, we see it, it's it's very like this party is designed to set up the personality of Harriet and Reba. Like mm-hmm. it's just designed to show them what the personality is. So Harriet's like having a good time, but you can tell she's very reserved. Reba's having too good a time, <laughs> and you know, dancing on table that sort of thing. And then uh, the morning comes. We see that Harriet has uh, packed up all of her stuff. She's sitting in the car. Reba, of course, is um, you know in bed with with a guy. Oh, uh, a content warning for this: a lot of language, but there is no actual nudity or anything like right. that um, throughout this film. But there is a lot of uh, sexual talk, like graphic sexual talk, a few f bombs, things like that. But no nudity, no. Gore, uh, although there is a hint, there is a scene of violence where somebody gets run over by a car, but you don't see it happen, but you know that it's happened. It's and it's done very cartoonish <laughs> for yeah, some bizarre is. reason. Like, well, yeah, that yeah. person was well, just murdered. It's a dark comedy, duh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, to go with the content warning, specifically, there is talk, but never any action towards sexual assault. Twice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely inferred that it's about to happen. Yeah. First time ish like yeah second time i was like okay we can we can end this scene it's yeah that got weird that also was another yeah suddenly we're in the um, walking dead like that's yeah that's it's but it was just it was such a like whiplash of what film am i watching uh-huh. it was just too much it, everything was there was just like a lot of, there was a whole bunch of a lot of things that like any i say this all the time pick one thing just pick your thing this is what my movie is about. This is the tone. 
and then just ride that out. Like simple is always better and people always try to add, add, add and it fucks up their movie every time if it because had, they try to do too much. Yeah, if it had just been quirky road trip comedy and then once like have uh, what's previous? Uh, Harriet dis- still discover the four nuclear bombs and all that good stuff. Yeah. But then when they get to Austin, that's when the tone shift happens. If it had just happened then, I'm like, yeah. It just it yeah. kept ebbing and flowing from wanting to be this indie darling to be this serious, you know, thought provoking movie that did neither for me. Yeah. No, it made me think, it made, provoked me to thinking about better movies. Um, (laughs) That too. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, off they go. They jump in their 76 uh, AMC Pacer uh, on the open road. And um, so uh, uh, Reba starts driving as Harriet is in the seat. And we learn, uh, you know, we learned this at the party. Uh, but basically the the idea is, is that uh, Harriet has uh, uh, recently been in a mental institution. Mm-hmm. Um, she is now out uh, and doing well and is on her way to grad school. Now, the thing is, so like everybody knows she was in the mental institution at this party, at they this know this party, yeah. because the guy brings it up and like Reba knows and everyone at this party knows that this is the case. However, um, we learn via a FaceTime during the party with um, Harriet's sister who was unable to attend, who lives in Austin. Yep. Um, Cause it's, that's who she visits. I, that took me a while to like figure out. I was like, who, who is this? But like, is this just some friend? I was like, did I miss like that? They're going to visit this friend. And I was like, Oh, that's the sister. And it's so simple. It would have been so easy when they got off the phone or maybe I missed it. Did she say, I'll see you in a couple days when you get to Austin? I, I think so. I don't really, like that's, I don't that's screenwriting one on one. So you keep that character in your head Yeah. for when they get to that house, you don't go, who the fuck's house is this? Where are we? It took me so long to figure out that that was her sister. And I think she even like said a thing. She was like, she was like, oh yeah, did you know your sister's been lying to you? And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's who that is. Yeah. Because the other thing is they look nothing alike. Nothing. Like Harriet has bright blonde hair and this woman is a very dark brunette. Mm-hmm. Skin tone, she's also way darker. Um, Facial you know, structure. Like, I mean, everything. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. my brother and I, you put us next to each other and you're like, oh, Kind of, I mean, maybe, <laughs> but close but, enough. But I mean, our like, hair you color is the same, like, our eye color right. is the same, our skin tone is the same. Like, right? I mean, these people were like, they were such exact opposite. Like, I would have believed she was sisters with the Reba before. Yep. <laughs> this one. Agree. Like, it 100%. was that bad. Yeah. yeah. It was really weird. Oof. Um. But anyway, so uh, yeah. So she has her Facetime with her sister, and her sister's like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I can't be there. Like, I couldn't get out to Los Angeles, which is where this film starts." Um, she's like, you know, uh, you know, congrats on grad party. I do not recall her ever saying, you know, come, come to me in Austin, you know, come see me in Austin or that's where she's staying with. I did not pick that up at all. Okay. I don't, it could have been in there, but I also missed, I didn't see anything like that. Then let's go with it. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. I didn't see it. So it didn't happen. Boom. Um, (laughs) 
So, uh, you know, off they go in the car, they head off, and, uh, you know, uh, we start our road trip movie. Now, I'm all for the the best friends road trip movie, sure. um, you know, thing. Like, you know, the Thelma and Louise, uh, I guess, that that's the one we'll go with just because it's like two girls and, and an old car, you know. Uh, <laughs> but of all the old cards trip. you could pick, you're going to pick an AMC Pacer. An AMC Pacer. I, I wonder if that's just like what they had and she thought it was cool. Like maybe it was like one of their like first cars and they were like, we should get one because that was our first car or something. Like maybe they've been friends for a long time. Or, you know, she's the same age. The, one of the writers the same age as us and the other one's a little older. Yeah. Maybe they were big Wayne's World fans because it's literally the same maybe color as the, the Cars Mobile. Yeah. No, no, yeah, it it's a Pacer like... in, um, in Wayne's oh, yeah, World it's... also. Oh, it's a Pacer too. It's, it's literally our... the same car and color. The only difference is... That's great. The Garth Mobile had uh, flames. <laughs> That's oh yeah, and the red rope, uh, red rope licorice uh, oh, thing in the. Yes. Thing. But that was from Wayne's World too. Oh yeah. well, not yeah. as versed when, in Wayne's World too. When they get the money, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he get, when he gets more money, then, right? Yeah. Anyways, great show, great movie. Um, did you know I wrote a uh, a spec script for Wayne's World three? <gasps> you did. I did. So I wrote a spec script for Wayne's World three, uh, and I did send it to somebody. And uh, they were like, yes, but, and I can't tell you why, we can't do the plot of this movie. And I was like, okay. And then like six months later, they announced Bill and Ted 3 and the uh, plot for it. And I was like, motherfucker. And it was, <laughs> it the, was the same plot. It was the same plot. the exact same plot. Oh. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> damn they were like, it. good, but we can't do this movie. And, like, and also somebody there had been like, did this kid get a hold of our Bill and Ted <laughs> three script? It was, this, it was it was almost. I mean, minus the time travel aspect, it was the you know the kids want to do a thing and they have the parents have to get back together and help and yeah, it was. I mean, it was literally. I was like, oh damn, that's oh, good for me, but also damn, <laughs> good yay, but boo, <laughs> but boo, but like, where's my money? Um, <laughs> anyways, that's crazy. Uh, it would have been good. I'll rewrite it. It's it still could be good. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so off they go. Now, this is where the film kind of drops off for me. One of the big drop-offs for the for the beginning of this movie is because, like, nothing happens. They just sort of, <laughs> it's just generic driving. But the one thing that got me was during one of, so there's a countdown in, in the film, and it happens right after the party scene uh, before it transitions to the morning, and it says, 51 hours until devastation. Um, and it does say devastation, right? It doesn't say destruction. It doesn't disaster. say until disaster, right? Yeah. Da- disaster. So 51 hours until disaster. And, you know, it keeps counting down at random intervals. It really like the timing of this counter is kind of like, is it like, are you, are you pausing the timer sometimes? And then like turning it back on? Like yeah. I'm very confused about the consistency of the timer. Cause, Cause there's you- one where it was like three hours left. And then it was like, a whole lot of movie happened, and I was like, this definitely took place over the course of much longer than three hours. Can you get from L.A. to Austin with sleeping over at least two nights? Uh, and not having a car for and, half of it. And not having a, Yeah, you couldn't get there in 53 hours. I I would be surprised. Yeah. Especially in an AMC Pacer. Come on. <laughs> right. Top speed on things like 45. <laughs> So, I mean, I guess there's no traffic, but, uh, so, uh, I mean, it probably took them 10 hours just to get out of LA. I mean, oh. that knocks off 10 hours of that time. Alone. Oh, 
What about the fact that, like, it shows the progression out of L.A., San Pedro, all that stuff, and then, like, they're right on the outskirts of L.A., and, um, oh, shoot, her friend, um, Reba, is just kind of like, so how's your mental health? I was like, whoa. You're like, what? That's, that, what? I'm not sure that's a that's something you should ask an hour into road trip, because if it right. goes bad, you're in this car for the next four days with this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like okay, so, night before you get to uh, Austin. So we, we said, what, 51 hours mm-hmm. is, is what it says? So according to Apple Maps, it is a 18-hour, uh, 56-minute drive. So, yeah. Once again, we're Americans. We don't know. 18 hours from L.A. to, well, I guess L.A. is yep. in Southern California. Okay. You just got to go yeah. through, like, what, Nevada? Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's Arizona. Well, yeah. Arizona, Nevada. Well, Nevada, yeah. 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 I, I, meant, I meant Arizona, not Nevada. Again, American. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could find these things on a map. Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, so you could just go. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Okay. So 18 okay. hours. But if you add in, that's that's just, that's a straight drive, though. Mm-hmm. So if you add in, uh, I mean, I guess they drive all day. They don't, we like, they never really stop other than for supplies. Right. They, and they're. And, and like sleeping. Very smartly, we see what time they're leaving. On the first day, it's 7.30. Yep. So, okay. Yeah, because the alarm goes off. Oh, my God, I'm going to be late. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's that's reasonable. But um, it but does take 51 hours to get there. mental health level, after they've just gotten out of a mental institution, an hour into a at least two-day car drive, I, I, I was just like, what are we doing? That's not a well, good idea at all. My other thing, too, is that this is her best friend, right? Like it's it's a very big point that they have spent that they have been like ride or die up until this point because mm-hmm. a, a point of contention later in the movie is is you know Reba being like you were just going to fucking move to Austin, Texas and not not ask me and not talk to me about it like you were just were like hi I'm moving to Austin, Texas like right. you know and and Harriet's like but that's what adults do, which like I kind of I mean, yes, like the decision to move to Austin, Texas is solely with Harriet. But like you should tell your best friend. You should tell your best friend. She should. But like they should be the first to know. Well, that's the thing. Like the other part of this. Mo- we'll get to that. I guess we'll get we'll get to that. Okay. Anyways. So, uh, yeah. So anyways, the, the countdown's been happening. So during one of the, you know, driving scenes, like, you know, they stop and they camp and she's like, this is stupid. Uh, Reba's like, blah. And she's like, well, I'm teasing. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I love spending the time with you, but like, can't we do it in a hotel? Sure. Valid, uh, valid ask, I suppose. Um, teasing or not. As they're driving in the background, we see a, a gigantic mushroom cloud explosion, right. right? So that's our first indication that shit's gone wild. Now, um, uh, you know, just like last, you know, just like with all of these sort of apocalypse movies, whether it's, you know, world ending or zombie or something, uh, they did, they have sprinkled a little bit of uh, foreshadowing onto radio transmissions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the weird one that we got for this one is weird like doomsday like religious doomsday people that are right. like the world is coming to end which i you know i knew that this was a nuclear apocalypse because of the um because of the description but the all of the foreshadowing was religious apocalypse 
uh, religious apocalypse doomsday. And I was like, <laughs> so is that what it, like, I'm so confused. Like it wasn't like tensions are high with, you know, insert country lately as, you know, blah, 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 which is what I would have expected from that. But like, it was weird because even they, they pass by a bunch of like people saying like the end is near, the end is near. This is before the nuclear thing happens. Right. And she was like, uh, she was like, only you would want to do a road trip uh, right before the, the pending apocalypse or the end of the world or something. Uh, Reba says that to Harriet. And right. I was like, wait, so the, do they know that the world is that? Like, I'm really confused. Is it, yeah. Is it a specific date that they're trying to like, like the Mayan calendar had already happened at that point, right? Right. Um, yeah, because this was 2013 also when this movie came out. Right. So I was confused by that. I was confused by how none of the three of them noticed the, you know, World War II era gas masks on the family that Reba moons. I mean, like, I know, oh, yeah. they turned away, but they're still going to turn back around and they're going to notice something that prominent. Yes. Yeah, or <laughs> was, the fact that they go to the, all these locations and they're, like, empty or, like, you know, they, weirdly, you know, abandoned and stuff. Yeah, when they went into that convenience store and I was just going, oh, God, there's going to be a crazy gun owner in here. He's going to yep. be bad. Oh, it, nobody's here? Yeah. Did and we just not just have like, the budget for another actor? <laughs> <laughs> right. We have to cut the convenience store character. We just don't have it in the budget. <laughs> We we spend too much money on the pacer, guys. We can't afford the. <laughs> okay, so I've crunched the numbers, and uh, it's either crazy convenience store owner or the pacer. You got to pick one. Mm. You can't. Have... <laughs> we'll take the pace. Are you sure? Because it's really confusing if there's nobody in there. We want the pacer. Okay, then get the pacer. Right. So so be it. Oh boy, uh, yeah. So. I don't know. This this is where this movie gets really weird. So the whole middle of this movie oh, God. is is the main characters being weirdly unaware of the situation around them. They both I mean, like they both clearly have cell phones. They both I mean they're both are like, I don't have any service, but like eh, But then they, they also like up until a point, because it's 2013, I was like, they just don't right. have cell phones. Because, you know, e even if yeah. you're a struggling artist like they were living in L.A., you might not have a cell phone. Or, right. you know, you'll just have a landline. So when they lose the car, they're like, oh, our cell phones. And they're like, wait a minute, you had cell phones this whole time? You had phones this whole time? Like, and you there wasn't, no like, service? anyone texting? Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, or I, like the emergency alert system going off, like on their. Do we have that like in 2013 that. though? Uh, I think we did. Hmm. I don't know. That oh. was like almost 10 years ago now. I don't remember. Nine years ago, I guess. God, yeah, literally not. Oh boy. Yeah. Mm, I don't like that either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that one bit. Um, yeah, and and they they pass by people. You know, TVs are playing, radios are playing, but they're just they're just very unaware of this of this of this nuclear bomb. So basically, what we've learned uh, in passing is that a nuclear bomb has gone off in Los Angeles, and everybody in Los Angeles is dead. Like millions are dead. Four. On top of the four million is what no, they no, said. four bombs went off. Oh, four bombs went off, but they only ever talk about the Los Angeles one. It's very confusing. 
because they're like four bombs have gone off, but they only, I mean, I guess the only reason why they talk about Los Angeles is because like, that's where they just were Mm -hmm. and that's where they just left. And that's what they know. But like when people are talking about it, they're like, yeah, like a bomb went off in Los Angeles and not like, yeah, four bombs went off around the world. Tens of millions of people are dead. Yeah. But like we get it, we get it in background, like radio things and stuff like that. But we like, that's the other thing that bothered me is nobody ever says like, hey, terrorist bombed these four cities. Millions and millions of people are dead. Hundreds of thousands of others are about to die of radiation poisoning, which the radiation poisoning was another thing with the three boys who were about to meet, Mm -hmm. the three hipster guys, I guess. (laughs) But they're just... (sighs) So they mentioned a couple times... I throw my hands up. (laughs) They mentioned a couple times that it seems like they hit military bases. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's one, in, you know, in in LA. Yeah. There's a huge one in Texas. <laughs> so yeah, which I don't know how close they are to Austin to um, Fort not, not Fort Hood, whichever one is in Texas. I can't think of it. But then I'm like, yeah. well, there's one pretty close to us. Oh God, are we in this in, in this movie? Are, <laughs> are we, we dead? dead? <laughs> Yeah, like they, I mean, I guess they yeah. never explain where they are, and it just frustrated me that be, because they didn't explain it, my my mind went to, well, there's a really big one in Texas, and what's the fallout ratio, and are these people in Austin just fucked? You know, it's never explained. Right. Yeah, it, well, yeah. There's also yeah the whole also the other thing that is never really explained is like what is the imminent threat to anybody else outside of these areas? Mm -hmm. Because like the people in Austin are saying like, yeah, like there's no more water, like the water, all the water has been point, like the water has radiation poisoning in it. So we can't drink water, which is why they're like, so we decided to just drink beer. And that's why like (laughs) once she gets sauce and why they're drinking alcohol, but like, why is the water poisoned in Austin because you never told us where the other bombs went off. Like, what is the imminent threat to everybody else? Like, how dire is this situation? Like, you have to tell us this. This isn't one of those ones where you can just be like, that doesn't matter. Like, no, actually, it really does. Because are they safe enough? Like, are they going to get to Austin and be like, whew, we just missed the apocalypse, you know, like this bad thing, and here we are. Or is it like, this is the end of the world, and now we've just got each other. Like, what is what is the threat? And it feels like like when they were writing it, like, well, we can just say the water's low because we're in Texas, we're in the desert, but there's a giant fucking river that runs through Austin, so it's like, right. oh, so we'll just say it's polluted, but we won't give a reason why. Are you sure? Like, I I right. just want to like role play them writing this, <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, we'll just uh, say because it's Texas, they ran out of water. Well, then they're a uh, isn't there a giant river in, in Austin? Yeah. So yeah. it's polluted. But why? Ah, it doesn't matter. But, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's going like, to go by actually, so quickly, no one's going to care. Yeah. And in fact, it crawled. Uh, mm. It went by so slowly that no. I did care. I, I did. did care. Oh, yeah. I was I was right there. I was like, hang on, what? Is this like a, is this like a scarecrow situation? <laughs> Where right. he put a bunch of stuff in the water, and then when the bomb went off, it irradiated all the water? Right? Like, how does it work? So, eventually, Reba being Reba um, hooks up with these three hipster traveling musician guys, which, listen, being 
of this class, these noodle armed motherfuckers. <laughs> If they rolled up on these two women to begin, Reba, I think Reba alone could have beat the shit out of all three of these guys. Absolutely. At once. Yep. <laughs> like, I was and I like, was waiting for that the second time for like them to kick ass and take names. And when they yeah. meet up with them later, it's like, yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna swipe at you and maybe it'll hurt you. We're gonna throw a coke can at you and hope for the best. It was so like, it, again, like. If I did not know this movie was written by women, yes. I would be like, this was 100% written by, like, a misogynistic guy. Like, 100%. Was it was it written by misogynistic women? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> They're like, look, women are the fairer sex. They're weak. We can't do any. Right. But right. Like, we're like. weak-minded. We're weak-willed. Because that's because yeah. Harriet's weak-minded mm-hmm. and Reba's weak-willed. Now, I say weak-minded not because of her mental institution, but because of the decisions she makes she waffles uh, the we'll entire movie. Throughout, yeah. yeah, throughout the whole movie. We'll we'll talk about those. Yeah. Um shortly. So, you know, Reba meets these three guys and like, look at these cute boys. Like they're gonna they they're just looking for a ride from us. And then randomly the one guy pulls a taser out and is like, <laughs> you know, give me the car, like give me the keys. And they're like, what the fuck? And they they like respond exactly how I would have responded if a guy like this pulled the taser. I'd be like, what what are you doing right like i would not take this person seriously and he ends up tasing his friend (laughs) and like at that point i'm like this is like the three stooges trying to do a robbery like just just walk to your car calmly get in it and drive away like what are they gonna do like they did nothing and also they were not threatening i know i know the three hipsters were not planning on having uh reba and harriet go with them but the whole thing hinges on five people, three of which are rather large men in height, yeah. fitting in an AMC pacer. That's filled with books, by the right? way, because that's also a point way later in the movie. I would, if I had yeah. been hearing, like, where are you guys going to sit? Yeah. There's nowhere for you to sit in this car. Like, have and you not seen Wayne's World? I kind of don't fit in that car either. <laughs> I mean, you know, Mike Myers is like 5'2", but... Right. But I, so w- I, I, I wish Harriet, you know, wanting to be a librarian, make her a little smarter and have that be the reason that he pulls the taser. Like, he's trying to coerce him to, to get to the car, and then I'm thinking that they were going to be like, oh, I'll drive, and then the three guys right. get in and they book it. You know, just give me the keys and I'll drive. Yeah. And he gets more frustrated and more frustrated, and then he pulls the taser. Instead of it just being this random, like, we're going to go over here and talk for a second, and then they're going to be like, surprise, taser. Right. It, it was just so But instead awkward. of just walking up and tasing them at that point when their backs are turned, he does the the, the villain, <clears throat> I seem uh, to have a taser. <laughs> exposition, exposition. I'm going to tell you my evil plan. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was really weird. So off they go. You know, and the the three boys get in the car, they drive away, the girls are stranded, Um, which this is another thing that bothers me about this is that, like, I get that they're like, ah, this is a thing, but, like, none of the situations that happen does anyone act the way in in accordance in the way that I think they should act. I feel like they should act. (laughs) Harriet should have been rip shit pissed at Reba at this point. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like they're they're basically you know uh, threatened, you know, with bodily harm. Mm-hmm. Their car with all of their things in it is stolen, except for one suitcase of Harriet's clothes or whatever, of one suitcase, and uh, and they're like threatened, like bodily harm. 
and their car is stolen and they're like, oh, now what are we going to do? And I'm like... I, I half expected one of them to be like, oh, raspberries, our stuff got right? stolen. Right? Like, I was like, why aren't you more upset? This is a really big... T- like, this does not happen to people. Like, people don't get carjacked, like, anymore. What do you do? <laughs> like, I... And the thing is, is like... In no way are they like, oh my God, like we should go to the police or something. Like we should call somebody. We should immediately find assistance. They're just like, Harriet's just like, nope, we should just start walking to Austin. And Reba's like, what? And she's like, well, I mean, what are we going to do? She's like, okay. And then they just do. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) Right. It feels like that's like we're back into like indie darling type movie for a second. Like that mumblecore weird, like everyone's a little quirky in these movies and you just got to deal with it. Where everyone's passe about everything. Uh And I I don't hate those movies. Just it's got to be that movie the whole time. (laughs) The whole time. Right. Because otherwise it feels out of character. Mm -hmm. So it's at this moment that Harriet learns about the bomb uh, having gone off in Los Angeles. She, she goes into a store um, to get stuff, which this is another instance. The store is completely abandoned. She finds out, uh, you know, she gets all the stuff, finds out about the bomb. And then is like, yeah, you know what? Reba doesn't need to know about that. And just, carries on like well is it wait isn't it when isn't it after the crazy preacher guy that's from firefly oh yeah yeah yeah. so they they get uh yeah <laughs> which because i was like oh this movie's when... about to go like you guys did it voices yeah voices starts yeah, yeah, yeah. really quirky and weird but the fact that it takes that dark turn is yeah. saves it from the quirky if it had taken the dark turn like it had become like uh Joyride, where they're outrunning this guy for right, the rest like of the movie. Crazy. Yeah, I yeah. was like, oh yeah, but instead, like he's scary and a threat for all of about two and a half minutes. He comes back with one of his dumb yokel friends, and they're like, "Well, we can't find him." Boop. I'm like, check the back, check around. Like I didn't want like, them to find them. Literally, look. Yeah, but they're like, hmm, they were here a second ago. Oh yeah. well. Boop, 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 boop. God's <laughs> Just like good. everybody else in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was so weird. Yeah, I think, well, I think, do, doesn't Harriet know at the time that it's happening when they're in the car because she keeps trying to get him to not say it? <sighs> when he starts being like, you know, China over here, it's you. And she's like, well, let's let's hang on. And then eventually she stops and gets that. I thought Maybe. she knew at that moment. I know she definitely... I'm trying to remember. She, she definitely knew later because she sees the television playing. And yeah. in the most cartoonish obvious way when Reba walks up she's like hey what are you doing she just kind of side saddles over the TV which <laughs> I would go what are you looking at move out of the way right. there's a TV like right. it was not subtle in any way shape or form and yeah. as a human being who is n- normal in that way I would have gone what are you hiding right well you, yeah, I mean also the, the audio of the TV is on <laughs> so like she could still hear them being like millions are dead yeah. across the country stay inside martial law has been declared and blah blah, blah. and she's like what she's like what, what's that playing on the TV nothing nothing I mean I'm talking really la, loud and la, alone la, for la. no reason la 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 <laughs> I'm just making loud noises for no reason <laughs> it was very good but also like you know when you the every place that they go is suspiciously weird and apocalyptic feeling and none of them neither of them are like 
you know, this is pretty empty of people and everything seems abandoned and pushed over. That probably should ring, you know, like raise some alarms, but it doesn't. Ah, we're headed to Austin. I'm going to grad school. Wink, wink. We're going to, we're going to get shit faced in this convenience store. Like, is that the reasoning? Like they're too drunk to realize what's happening. Like, oh, (sighs) good Lord. What? Yeah. So, uh, so another point when, when we meet the three hipster boys for the first time around, two of them are visibly sick. Um, Mm. you know, they're, they're throwing up and, you know, one of them almost throws up and our assumption is because we know the audience knows what's going on is that they were close to the explosion and they have radiation poisoning, right? Yes. Um, as we meet them later, they are now even more sick. The third Um, one is now... Definitely showing signs. Of- Definitely showing signs. Yeah, the leader of them is is throwing is uh, showing signs, um, and uh, and yeah. So so by chance, the girls happen to run into these boys again. You know, they're they're at this convenience. You know, I think it's we're at the convenience store, and they see the car. They hear the boys, and they're like, "You'll never believe who it is." Okay, yeah, it's like and a I'm pit like, stop or something. Like yeah. Yeah. So like they're headed to Austin too, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it, whatever. What a coincidence. And, yeah. <laughs> Fancy right. meeting you here in this apocalyptic pit stop. Yeah. Right. Fancy meeting you at the end of the world. Um, <sighs> so, uh, so the boys have stopped, you know, and finally the girls are like, that's the car. Like, let's, let's try to get the car back. They're all visibly, I mean, they are like. They're knocking on the door, so to speak. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of them goes off and he's like, "Uh, I think I'm going to, you know, uh, have the runs again. And he goes off. And that's when he gets attacked. Uh, They, they like, you know, bonk him on the brain. He falls over. They tie him up. They jump the other one. And then they go uh, to, uh, well, they do. This is another thing again. Reba plays like the, the honey you know, pot. Like she's, honey a, pot. She, yeah, she's being a honeypot, 100%. Yeah. And it's so fucking. Uh, I did like that the guy was like, Are you seriously expecting me to fall for this? I, I did like that too. He, he, she was he like, was, I'm all alone. I don't know where my friend is. He's like, Really? Like, do you think I'm this stupid? He but was then weirdly he my favorite character. <laughs> Yeah, because he was the one with the the other guy was like throwing. He's like, "Why does this chick have so many books?" And he's like, "He's like the only thing books are good for now is is burning for firing." And he's like, "What? No, it's not." He's like, "If anything, we need these now for the end of the world, like entertainment, expanding your mind." And I'm like, first off, fucking nerd. Yeah. Second off, like, okay, yeah, that's valid. Um, <laughs> like, this is all you got. Yeah, I like that, and I like that. Like, he still wants to have society, but like. The leader, the scarf there. I don't. I didn't catch his name. The other Kip, two were Alex and yeah. Alex. Oh, Kit. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Kit's like full on like season four of The Walking Dead. It's like it's every man <laughs> for themselves. We're gonna have to eat people. And like whoa, whoa. There's still a <laughs> large down. part of America that's fine. Right. Like the government is still functioning right yep. now. Like it isn't. Like we're like. It's still, you know, like people are still going to stores. But I like that the um, two other ones were, they're like, oh, I'm Alex. I thought I was going to be Alex. Well, you know, fuck it. But then when their lady goes, hey, have you seen my friend, Steve, Alex? Oh, fuck. His name is Steve. His name is Steve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which actually is funny because uh, in real life, uh, their names are Alex. <laughs> both Alex, yes. Yeah, they're both really named Alex, uh, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, Alex one. And, and Alex uh, yes, two. Alex Fernie and uh, Alex Berg. That's funny. Um, yeah, very funny. Um, uh, but anyway, so uh, so they meet up with the boys again. You know, insanity ensues. They have their little back and forth fight again. Reba falls into the trap of like, 
you know, I was likely written by a guy, uh, but wasn't. Um, and, uh, they do end up getting the car back, but this is where the fucked up thing is, is that they, you know, they hit the guys and they get in Reba gets into the car and runs at and like drives the car at him, which it kind of knocks him over a little bit. Um, you know, it kind of like, it like doesn't, he, she doesn't like run him over. Mm-hmm. She just sort of like knocks him down on the ground and he's laying on the ground and she's like, Harriet, get in the car. Harriet runs, gets in the car. And then she drives over. Uh, <laughs> she, she straight just, up boom, murders boom, boom. him. <laughs> yeah, like she could have. Like there's like a good thump, good thump. It's not like a good thump, good thump. Like he's yeah. not directly under the car. Like there is enough space for her to turn. Which like, is weird because then, it. like she's driving away and seems okay. I'm like, okay, like she did what she had to do. But then there's the the mental break moment of, oh my god, right. I murdered someone. I'm like, I just. Well, this we, was, was totally like, avoidable. What, what <laughs> Right. And she was like, what am I going to tell my mom? Like, what am I going to tell my mom? What am I going to tell my mom? Like, I don't, Um, you know, and Harriet's like, well, (laughs) Harriet knows that her mom is dead, by the way. Funny story about your mom. But also, like, if her mom wasn't dead, what am I going to tell my mom? Hey, these guys stole our car, attempted to sexually assault us. I took matters into my own hands. We were in the middle of nowhere. And it shit got real. And I accidentally... Accidentally, air you know, quotes. In trying to get away, Ran they happened to him. get run over him. Right. I was just trying, this is, I mean, like, any court of law would have been like, yeah, like, yep. self-defense. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, 100%. Like, that's that's how they would have went. But it did also kind of remind me uh, of uh, Scream 1, the original one. He's like, my mom's going to be so <laughs> mad at me. <laughs> I'm getting a little woozy here. God. <laughs> Scream 1, classic. 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 Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the new one yet, but, um, um I hear, it's, I hear it, it's fun. It's terrifying that I haven't heard anything about the new one. Like everyone's like, I, scream four, let's go. And now that it's out, I'm not seeing anyone talk about it anymore. I'm like, oh God. Yeah. I, I saw one person who was like, yeah, it was good, but oh, like, boy. meh. Yeah. Like it was, it was the fifth of, of a series. That's, that's what it was. You know, basically they're saying fifth and hopefully the final, the final scream. <laughs> Um, which is what I think the third one was named. I think it was called the final screen. No, <laughs> they, they've always, they've always been scream one, scream just two, scream, scream, one, scream three. Two. Okay. I thought Sc- one of them was called like scream, the final scream three, the final scream or something like that. Uh, I, I think stab the in oh, universe movie, because yeah. I think in scream three, they get up to stab five, which oh, is yeah, very confusing. It's stab nine in the new movie. Oh, wait, um, because they're making they say another, that, Oh my God. Uh, because they say that um, Ryan Johnson uh, directed it. They say it. They're like, yeah, the Knives Out guy directed Stab 9 or something like that. Listen, I guess they make a comment about it. I would watch that. <laughs> I mean, I would totally watch. I would watch I, any movie Ryan Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> I like Ryan, Ryan Johnson a lot. <laughs> yeah, he, his movies are great. Maybe he should have directed this. Yes. Yeah, oh, actually. Ooh. It would have been way more quirky and fun. <laughs> um, and then randomly Chris Evans is the bad guy. And um, then randomly so- a Steven Sondheim song is sung. I'd be down. So anyway, so off they go. So there, there is a small moment where Reba is having her breakdown where mm-hmm. Harriet's like, I've got to tell you something. And then they get distracted by a thing. By a shiny just, object. Like, yeah. And she just doesn't say it. I fucking hate when I tell you that I hate things like this in movies where people are like, no, I have to tell you this important thing. What is that? Uh, let's go look at that. Instead of being like, no, 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 wait. Like, there's a nuclear explosion. Everybody is dead. 
over they just are like uh i guess i can't say the thing out loud as i'm walking with you saying why i can't say the thing out loud like just fucking say the thing out just say the thing out loud right now just say it speak it it's it doesn't have to be a, a screen yeah it's such a screenwriting trope and it's like it's terrible a trope doesn't always mean a bad thing like right we've kind of yeah. taken it's like oh it's such a trope i'm like no trope just means a a, a cemented thing that that people use in whatever it's for but that is one I'm right with you, where it's like, I got to tell you this thing. Oh, well, look over there. <laughs> like, yeah. wait, no, no, oh, what? well, I guess I can't tell you this thing. It's just. I'm know. trying to think of the movie where that happened, where they made a comment, like, as they were about to tell them, something distracted the person that was going to tell the thing. And they were like, um, what what was that you were going to say? Oh, yeah. oh, it's Galaxy Quest. When oh, Tim, when yeah. uh, he's going to uh, admit his love for Gwen and then the bomb doesn't go off. She's like, what were you? What were you? <laughs> <laughs> you were gonna say so. yeah that's right good movie um better movie yeah. than this yeah so so yeah so we get a couple other moments of about to tell i'm about to tell you the thing eventually they end up in austin and now we're at what three hours until disaster uh, uh-huh. the countdown says um so they get to austin uh there's a huge party happening at uh at the sister's house we see a woman who is walking around handing out like missing person flyers she's clearly distraught nobody takes note of this um Dicks. you know reba and harriet basically don't don't take note of it mm-hmm. um and so they're going about they're trying to find the sister they eventually find the sister and she's like oh my god you're here also does not act like a sister she's just kind of like oh you're alive. She like cries weird. for a half second, and then she's like, "Huh, it's weird that you you made it." But she doesn't like lunge at her sister, like <clears throat> hug her, or be like, "Oh my god, I thought my fucking blood relative, who I clearly like, because like we just spoke mm-hmm. 20, 30 hours ago. You know, like we just spoke like the other day. Oh, like, and talking about and how da- excited we are. Mom and dad are dead. That's like, Mo- yeah, mom and dad are also super dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which also going back to their first camping night when Reba kept being like, my mom, my mom. I'm like, Reba, read the fucking tent. <laughs> Stop right. talking about your mom when your best friend is obviously upset about her dead mom. Right. Yeah. But yeah, she, uh, her reaction is like, oh, hey, you just got back from a long flight. Not, oh my God, you survived right, right. a nuclear a holocaust. A nuclear holocaust that is like literally killing millions of people, which is the reason, which by the way, is the reason we're throwing this party. This isn't just, you just didn't stumble onto some Friday night frat house kicker. Like we are throwing an end of the world. There's no more water. Everybody is clearly like, and I think they sort of do a good job of showing the start of the party being like, why is there this weird party? Everyone's blah. And then the once once the news breaks, once Reba finally hears the reason for the party and that there's a nuclear bomb and then gets mad at Harriet for not telling her because she knew the party, we look around the party and we see that people are way more like depressed than what the party looked like the first time. I yeah. thought that was cool. It was very subtle. I'll be honest with you, though. I'm pretty sure it was probably on accident. <laughs> I guarantee you it was, it was just by accident that it worked out that way. Like, Because yeah. I bet you they were like, all right, this is a party scene. Everybody party, party, party. And then they shot the rest and was like, hey, we need Reba to look around and realize that people are depressed. So, like, let's do a bunch of shots of people depressed. And then it's like, oh, wait. You know, and I think that when they played it back, they were like, oh, this kind of works out because it looks like 
you know, Reba's realizing that the room is a lot more somber than it is, but I, I guarantee it was on accident. I guarantee that was not yeah. like a conscious decision by, by them. A happy little accident. Yeah. Yeah. Happy little accident. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is where we get our big moment of the big reveal. So the secret is, and this is something that Reba actually learned very early onto this trip by, by accident. She happens to open up a letter uh, sent to Harriet that basically says, you know, thanks for applying to grad school. You didn't get in. Yes. But then there's a second secret that Reba tells the sister that. Which is. <laughs> Harriet she was, yeah, was in ahead. a mental institution, but was but the sister was told she was in another program, like another yeah. art program. Is that what right. happens there? Yeah. So she. So here's the other problem about this, though. So Harriet is a comic book artist who is getting paid to do comic book art. She's she's an inker, she's an inker as she yeah. says. She's yeah. a tracer. So she, she, so yeah, yeah, pretty much. So she she's a comic booker. She is a pay, like she does this for a living. The lie that she told her sister was that she was in an art school, mm-hmm. but okay. now she's going to grad school to be a librarian. <laughs> like I don't also and when what? when they're in the car, like she's like, you really want to be a librarian? I'm like, yeah. I even learned the Dewey Decimal System. We don't use the Dewey Decimal System anymore. We were I just, like showing their age. Like we were the yeah, last right? generation that used the Dewey Decimal System. My the the bean doesn't know how to use it. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, it's it's, it's not all done just that way on at, a computer. At, uh, my or, daughter's school. Yeah, either. yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, nobody, it's the Isbin numbers, right? It's the different yeah or something. It's like a barcode yeah. system now. Yeah, it, it's uh, just a you know you boop boop boop. Yeah, it's this row, this block, right? Yeah. Oh boy. And I was like, yeah. even, even, you know, I even knew it then. I was like, hang on. Why did <laughs> you like, learn this outdated uh, system of being a librarian? Yeah. I'm, it's just, uh, it just didn't make sense. Like none of, none of Harriet's plots make sense. None of Reba's character makes sense. It's all so vapid and weird. Like, all their characters are so hollow. They're so either so generic or they're so like hodgepodge of things that don't go together yeah. that like every time either one of them spoke, I was like, shut the fuck up. Just <laughs> shut up. Shut up. And it like, really felt like they were nuclear zombies. <laughs> make nuclear. Yeah. I was, if this had divulged into like uh, a nuclear zombie Holocaust type movie, even yeah. as quirky and weird and, out of joint it was if the last scene of them coming out of the library was all of a sudden there are zombies. I'm like, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> sure. So we're a zombie movie. Why not? And yeah. even if it was 10 seconds of zombies, I would like, this is what we were building towards. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Once you throw zombies in your movie, it doesn't have to be a well-written movie anymore. You're just like, oh, you're a zombie. I, I'm sorry. I was way too critical at the beginning. <laughs> Scou- I didn't realize you were a zombie movie. <laughs> Scout's Guide to Z- the Zombie Apocalypse. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> not a great movie, but I was still like, that was fun. But it's zombies. It's zombies. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, you know, yeah. 
Um, yeah. So, so Reba and Harriet have the typical, like, why didn't you tell me? Well, you're just a promiscuous whore and blah, blah, blah. And they go off on their own thing. This is where, this is where another one of those weird xenophobic thing happens, which, yeah, like, you know, you talked about earlier, like, yeah, it's America. Totally going to happen, you know, and yes, I get it. But it didn't fit in the movie because it wasn't a thing it wasn't like a, an overarching plot. So it seemed like this really weird disjointed reason to put Reba in trouble just so Harriet could have the, I saved you moment. Ah, everything's Jesus. better. Like that's all it felt like. Um, there's so much to unpack there. For, first of all, do we actually know who attacked us in movie? No. They just say, uh, they even say in the party, she says, like, who did it? And they're like, they don't know, terrorists. So why are they going after uh, an Asian American? Wouldn't wouldn't they instead, like, when she says, I'm I'm an American, you know, I have an American citizenship, as heavy-handed as this movie was, I would have felt better if one of them like you don't look like us so we're gonna come after you you know yeah like well uh, he's well the guy says that actually oh does he yeah he says like yeah he was like i'm she says i'm an american citizen just like you and she he's like you don't look like me you don't look like he He says the wow he's like you know uh i heard that it's not just their eyes that are slanted and it's like also like it's this most like generic old style like like Asian, like you know, insults, and I was like, "Really? Like this is what we're going with? Like now, what is it? Nineteen thirty-five? Like get the fuck out of here!" Apparently, <laughs> like, because so like apparently that. we are at war with Asian America, <laughs> like or yeah, with the Asians. Right. I'm like, well, hang on. It, it, like I understood they wrote it, so they wanted to put themselves in it. But the, I would be more forgiving of the racism that's happening if it had been uh, a an actor of Middle Eastern descent. Because that's yeah. where most of our racism goes in this country these days, but sadly. I mean, yes. I mean, there Asian Americans definitely get it. We saw it a couple of years ago. Right. I mean, yeah. We yeah. It's not like yeah, but it's it was just weird because I don't know. It felt like she was very singled out a couple of times over, like it, you know the guy in the car, the the guy from yeah. Firefly in the car, and then. Uh, uh, at this at this instance where she's out trying to find Harriet. Um, well, first she tries to hook up with some guy and then she vomits and she's like, all right, fuck this. I'm leaving the party. I'm going to go find Ugh. Harriet. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just such a typical, like, you know, uh, come to God moment of like, oh my God, she's right. I am this way. Self-destructive. I need yeah. To go, right. I need mm-hmm. to go apologize and blah. And, and I, you know, she, yeah. And then Harriet's at a, at a um, library, just kind of like sitting there. Uh, and then, so these guys come all a bunch of hicks and they're all like, yeah, we're going to rape and kill this girl because she's the one who nuclear bombed us. We're going to put the blame on her, even though it, it, nowhere did we say it was, it was, uh, Asians at all. Um, you know, like if they had said like, yeah, China did it or, you know, whatever Japan or something, I mean, like China would probably be the most likely, uh, because like. I think China's the only one with nuclear weapons. I don't think Japan. Well, I don't Co- think any well, other. North Korea. Well, North Korea. Yeah, yeah, they could have done North Korea. Which is what the guy yeah. in the truck says. He's like, oh, they said the North Koreans did it. You know, I didn't like kind of giving her the side eye. And she, he's like, hey, asshole, I'm Chinese. Right. And if we're going to go racist, 
go full racist. And then he should have been like, well, you're stealing our jobs, you know, just hit all the Fox News hits, you know? Yeah, no (laughs) no kidding. Yeah, it was super weird, uh, but like... They pussyfooted around the racism, and it was so weird. Like, they were weirdly specific, but weirdly ambiguous about it. Yeah, well, it, it felt like this is another one of those, like... Again, had I not known this was written by an Asian woman, I would have been like, this was written by a misogynistic, somewhat racist white guy who was like, ooh, I'm going to be edgy and throw racism in my movie, and people are going to be like, oh, that's edgy. But, like, it just came off as, like, this weird, pandering, like, generic, like, I put racism in my movie because a non-white person is in my movie, so clearly there's racism at them. And were they trying to be like edgy with it and then just failed horribly? I, I don't, I mean, I don't guess, know. Yes, but it they felt failed horribly. Yeah, I mean, yes, failed they horribly. did fail horribly, but yeah, it was really weird. Anyways, so Harriet sets a bunch of books on fire in a cart and rides out at them. Mind you, they have guns, and this is what happens is, you know, she's running at them with a flaming thing of books. Mind you, she's really far away. Like, this is like, you know, they have enough time to be like, shoot the shoot Reba and then shoot Harriet before mm-hmm. like she even gets to her. So instead, they shoot at Harriet once. Well, well, they shoot. We hear a gunshot. Yeah. And then they all start running. <laughs> because there's like seven of them, and it's now two tiny girls. Like With some burning. And they books. have guns. And they have guns. They have guns. <laughs> like and every single one of them is carrying a gun. I mean, it seems like those racists would like the books that are being burned. <laughs> right. Right. And to add even more to the double, uh, uh, the double generic of it, they were cops. <laughs> one was, he even but flashes, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he flashed, he's like, they're already here. Yeah. But also he flashes like, an right, yeah. LAPD badge. <laughs> like the LAPD oh. has a very specific badge that I do not believe. I, I and they're 95% sure that Texas badges look different. Like, New York City badges, you see, you know, you know. Yeah. Syracuse badges, same ideas. But the L.A. badge has the L.A. Tower with, like, a sunrise happening behind it. And that's what he fucking has because this movie was clearly shot all in in L.A. LA. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, Yeah, so they – so the gunshot goes off. They scatter for some reason. And, you know, they're – you know, Reba's like, oh, Harriet, blah, blah. Harriet, and then she looks down, and we see the bullet hole in mm-hmm. Harriet's uh, shoulder, and she's like, "What?" And so she passes out. Harriet or Reba runs into the library, and and Harriet's like, "I read a book about this. Yeah. I know what to do." And Books I was like, "Will Shut save the us." Fuck up. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Remember that scene, like Doctor Who? I don't think you you haven't watched. You've watched it. So in one of the scenes, they're in a library, and he's like." He's like, we don't need weapons. We're in the greatest uh, uh, weapon of all, a library. Books are our weapons. It was a really funny scene. Um, uh, but anyways, and that's what it kind of reminded me of when she was like, what do I do? And I was like, here we go. It's the Doctor Who scene. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Silence in the Library. Great episode. Um, I will and, take uh, your word for it. <laughs> yes, you will. So uh, anyway, so, you know, we get the fake out of Harriet dying and then she's fine. And then they're just like, all right. And they skip off into the sunset and movie ends. But So the thing we talked about earlier is that the countdown at once they get to the party, it then says zero hours until disaster. But the the disaster, as we said, is 
the breakup of them, no, there's no new attacks, by the way, after this happens right. that we know of. There there's are no a, new... There's like a, a mention that uh, when when Reba's watching the TV that the guy standing next to her is like, oh, we're now going to counterattack. But they never say right. who. And it right. seems very convenient that from... Now, the sister was absolutely shit-faced, so maybe she just didn't hear the information, but it, we go from, we have no idea who it is, to confirmation of who it is, let's... Bo- well... Okay, wait a minute. Now that I'm saying this out loud, this is 100% America. Okay, <laughs> never like, mind. Uh, 2001 with like a word. Yeah, I'm and, back, uh, <laughs> back away from this criticism. Yep, right. that was exactly <laughs> mission accomplished. <laughs> we did it. Uh, yeah, so so again, the disaster was of their friendship, I guess. Ah, I, I don't really know. Like the countdown was so arbitrary that when it actually hit zero, I was like, oh shit, like another bomb. Like I was like, oh my God, they're going to get to Austin and then another fucking bomb's going to go off. Maybe that's the end of the movie. They just fucking die. I was like, or like, maybe it's like, oh my God, now like bombs are happening all over the place. Like, what do we do? And I was like, okay. Yeah. And I was like, here we go. Like, let's, let's, you know, like the, the, they're going to, you know, they spent a lot of time building this up, you know, of like getting the characters and bonding and stuff. And now we're going to do a thing. And then the thing never happens, and it turns out to just be the standard buddy comedy, you know, best friend, you know, conflict resolution. I was like, oh, it, oh, that's <laughs> dumb. Yeah, it's super dumb. It's super dumb. And like, as their credits are rolling, there's all that um, footage of comic book panels that look like the further adventures of Reba and Harriet. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Right. I want that shit in this movie. Like the scene where she like, got all the guns. She's like, I didn't know how many to grab. I'm like, holy shit. That would have been funny like that's in the, the movie. movie. We should have been watching. Yeah. That should have been the movie. Yeah. If I would have rewritten <clears throat> this movie, I would have taken away the whole Reba one. Reba's entire character personality would have just been scrapped. Um, I mm-hmm. would have had her be like the, I would have, you know, played off the like Harriet, like, I don't know if we should be doing this and Reba being like, fuck that, kick down the door, grab the gun, like, let's go character. You like that sort of dynamic and not the generic stereotypical way that they wrote it. A very, I would, I would, I would keep the actor. I I thought she was good, but I would, I would make her more of a Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Yeah. You know, like, like that's that's the kind of I don't take shit confidence. from yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think yeah, because the promiscuity <clears throat> when it when it's paired with when it's paired with like almost being like an airhead, <sighs> like an oblivious airhead or like a drunk or something. It's kind of like ugh, it's like it's, it's too many uncomfortable. Yeah, right. And it just becomes like too played out almost. But like the yeah. I sleep with a lot of people, but also I don't take shit from it. You know, then it becomes um, Samantha from Sex and the City where she was like, yeah, I'm a total whore, but like I'm fucking rich and I will do whatever the fuck I want and nobody like fucks with me. Yeah. yeah like, I'm using like, the men. Yeah, they're not great. using me. Yeah. Right. Right. She's like, I'm using them. Perfect. And there's, and there's like a hot second of that at the beginning with the guy that she hooks up with when he's like, hey, when you get back, we should hang out. And she just goes. Why? Why? <laughs> like, <laughs> and then just leaves, and I thought that was great too. I was like, "Oh, great! This is a Samantha type character. Doesn't yeah. take shit, you know. Knows who, she, what she wants, and how to get it. But then she devolves into, for just lack like, of a better term, the slut. And I was yeah, like, like a Man. boy crazy, yeah, boy crazy airhead slut. I didn't yeah, like that. It was dumb. 
Um, anyway, so I would have rewritten that. I would have had the nuclear explosion. I would have had it happen in the beginning and then be aware of it. And the rest of the plot of the movie being the, you know, I was supposed to go to grad school and be a this and the other one being like, oh my God, I didn't have a plan, but now all of that is scrapped and we have to try to survive in a post-nuclear world. Yep. That is the plot of, that is the best friend plot of the movie is them basically being like, we're trying to get the fuck away from Los Angeles because that's where the bomb went off. Now, how do we get to wherever we land? You know, we're trying to get to Austin because that's where family is mm -hmm. and we're, we're just trying to survive. That's what the plot of the movie should be. It sure. would have been a better best friend film that way. 100%. That's what I would have rewritten yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It's just, man. <sighs> yeah. So there so it is. So uh, Best Friends Forever uh, came out in 2013. It is streaming for free on uh, Tubi TV as well as IMDb TV. Uh, if you have Amazon Prime, IMDb TV is another uh, like add-on free channel, but it's basically mm -hmm. just Tubi TV. It's the same programming almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, which I discovered halfway through the movie. I'm like, this is just Tubi. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's basically, yeah, IMDb TV is basically, it's almost the same programming. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, should you watch this movie? <clears throat> I no. cannot in good conscience I, say. I can't. There's, there's nothing good about it. If you have a morbid curiosity to be like, is it as bad as Michael and Casey have just said? <laughs> may God be with you, even though I don't believe in God, but may God be with you and... <laughs> may good, your God be with may, you. May whatever deity you believe in be with you and uh, good luck. But don't say we didn't warn you. Yeah, I I can't I can't recommend this movie. I don't think it has any redeeming qualities. Uh, None, because there's not any one aspect, any one of the aspects. Like it's not even a good best friend movie. It's not a good <clears throat> apocalypse movie. It's also not a good social commentary on xenophobia movie. Like it it doesn't do any of the things it introduces in the film well. Like none of the things it introduces or themes that it could have gone with. It doesn't do any of them well. I can't recommend. I can't I can't recommend it. And it's not even like there are bad movies, but there's like a character. Like if we'd seen more of Alex 2, let's say the the sweater, yeah. the cardigan one. If we'd seen more of him, like if he had like they if they had taken Ditched out the boys and yeah, jumped like with him. Yeah. When when they take out Alex 1 and then they're going after Kit, if he had like redeemed himself and like punched Kit, like I did not mean to get messed up with this shit. Can I come with you guys? And then he's with them the rest of the time because he was yes. an interesting, fun character. I might be like, check out Alex too. He's he's pretty yeah. fun. Like we've done oh, bad movies on the Super Pot Hero cast. I'm like, it's bad. Try and find all the scenes of this character because this character yeah. is fun in this shit movie. It redeems the movie. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there it is, everyone. So, Casey, if people wanted to find you on the interwebs, where could they? Well, on Twitter, I am not Ryan Casey. On Instagram, I am not dot Ryan Casey. Nice. And, of course, if you have not subscribed to the Superpod HeroCast or Where No Mom Has Gone Before, guys, I've been talking about it for, like, two years now. Like, what are you doing? Do you like well, superhero movies? Do you yeah. like Star Trek? Yeah. <laughs> I've got something for everybody. Because those are the great. only two things. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all you need. What else yeah. do you need? Uh, yeah, so there it is, everyone. Thanks a lot for joining us, and we will see you next time.
father's tragic past hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts, and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. <laughs>